podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone, agents, listeners. Thanks for tuning back in. This is Caitlin Agar. Welcome back. And the Age of Independence is here. And it's bringing an opportunity to evolve our agencies from the inside out. And um, today's episode is all about the heartbeat of your agency. So I invited a really special guest to talk to us about what, what he's doing to build relationships in the agency and how relationships are really the guiding compass of everything that he does. So hi, Brandon. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you today? Hey, Kaylin, thank, thank you so much. So good to be here. So Excited to be a part of this uh, podcast, excited for the season, the time of year, the holidays, just life is great and honored to take some time out of the busyness of life and just to visit with you here and, and the listeners for a little bit. So thank you so much. Oh, oh my gosh. And I'm so glad to have you join me. And what a year it has been. It has been action-packed. There has been really a, just a lot to be grateful for. And we're so blessed that we get to do what we do every day. <laughs> oh, it's, it's been phenomenal. And I think so much of it is perspective. You know, as, as I look back at the course of the year, I think about nearly a year ago, I was in a place of the year 2020. I'm so glad 2019 is over. It's going to be a phenomenal year new beginnings, new vision, uh, a new decade, life is going to be amazing. And then 2020 happened and we've been hit with a pandemic in the middle of an election year that's been polarizing. We've had uh, racism at the forefront. It's, it's been uh, the fires throughout the Western part of the United States and Australia at the beginning of the year, like as a globe, it's been, been heavy. craziest year. It has. But as I look back now at the last 12 months of 2020, what an amazing year it's been when you bring in perspective. Like I have healthier relationships, our family dynamic, business, the opportunities that have presented itself, that our hand was forced to innovate at times. And the results from that have been phenomenal. So as I look back, I'm really grateful for 2020 because honestly, it's arguably been one of the best years of my life because of what we've learned and had to overcome that made us better people, better husbands, fathers, businessmen. Uh, leaders in our community. So yes, it's, it's been a wild year, as you said, but I am so grateful for where we ended up here today. Um, it, it's I can be more happy with where life is. That's so great to hear. And I don't think we could have planned it, but 2020 stretched us <laughs> more than maybe we planned on stretching this year. And I think at the end of it, it brings a lot of that innovation and a lot of that silver lining that you just mentioned, yeah. Brandon. So to our listeners who haven't met Brandon Smith yet, um, Brandon is the managing partner at GIIG Agency in Montana, which 
totally jealous. Um, what a beautiful state to be in. That's just so awesome. You are the founder of Producer Development Program that I just definitely want to talk about today. You're doing some really great things there. And CEO of Policy T, Dad of the Year, and <laughs> just an all-around great guy. So, Brandon, um, tell us a little bit about your agency and just what what daily life looks like for you in your world. Yeah, our, our agency really was started 40 years ago. 1985, my aunt and uncle, uh, Dave and Carolyn Glide. And what started off is just a, an independent life insurance agent, a salesman. He saw the opportunity to cross sell home and auto. And so got appointed with a few wow. uh, carriers. And next thing you knew is he owned an independent agency. And so I came into the picture uh, and became a managing partner with my cousin, uh, Dave and Carolyn's son, Paul. And we have, uh, we balance each other so well, just in, in life and perspective and the way we operate and just the way we think and conduct business. And so since I started in 2004, Ben, I'm going on year 17 right now. Um, I don't, wow. I just, Can you uh, say it again? How long have you been in insurance, Brandon? 17 years. So for um, someone your age, and I won't give it away, that's actually pretty impressive. So. It, actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm 38, 38 years old. I started right out of college at, at 21. I got a job working for a bank and started on the teller line and ha had the goal to move into uh, commercial lending. Mm -hmm. And at a family reunion, my cousin just wanted to go, why aren't you working with us? And I said, what? What do you mean? What do you do? Like, I don't even know, understand insurance. I couldn't, ex I couldn't explain what a deductible was. And so we went to lunch and rest is history and started using my background in communications and marketing to help grow what had a phenomenal foundation, thanks to my aunt and uncle. And we were able to ride on the coattails of their hard work. Uh, they had established carrier rapport and relationships. And so we have carriers that we've had, we have, 40 year relationship with wow. and just the value that brings to our agency. And so I oversee uh, really, I'm responsible for the profitability of the agency, the systems and strategies and, and the marketing and high level thinking and the visionary. Uh, my cousin, Paul, he handles the HR, the numbers, the financials of the agency. And then uh, we have another partner who sees the day-to-day -day operations in terms of managing people and clients and the book. And so really kind of a three-headed monster where we just balance each other so well and all walk in our passion and our gifting. And I, I'm just, I'm crazy about customer experience and social behavior and economics and learning the way people think and operate and then building out a system and strategy that fits our, our business model to accommodate to our ideal client, increase efficiencies, and hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, it increases profitability. And so we are a full service agency from home and auto to life, health, Medicare, retirement planning, uh, uh, wealth management. Um, we've got 21 employees, uh, wow. two locations, and that two locations has quickly in 2020 turned into nearly... 12 locations because of remote workers, <laughs> uh, people that were remote. And then we have found so many different efficiencies and a way of doing business that we've really shifted our business model. And 50% of our team uh, will more than likely never come back to the office because of our business model. They're, we're going to stay remote because of what it's uh, increased efficiencies, 
uh, lowered overhead, uh, decrease the number of hours work. Our team is getting stuff done faster at a more rapid pace. And I think that's primarily due to the fact that the conversations around the water cooler uh, aren't happening as frequently or as long as they once were. I mean, we're still very focused on office culture and relationships and people. So it's not, you know, we're not cutting off our nose to spite our face saying, hey, this is the direction we're going to go. We're still very intentional in, in our communication and calls and building relationship. Uh, but we've learned so much that we've given half our team the choice to stay remote definitely or come back. And a lot of them chose to stay remote. And uh, it's just changed our entire business model. And so really making sure we have the right infrastructure in place to handle a remote workspace with right. you know, technology and cloud-based um, software in everything we do, whether it's our automation or new client onboarding or retention, cross-selling, renewals, it's all got to fit. And so uh, that really has, has been my role. And then we also have a department who ensures churches and nonprofits. Uh, we insure just shy of a thousand churches wow. in, in the state of Montana. And so that team uh, really focuses on, on just ministries. And again, our heartbeat is people and relationships and investing in them. And so uh, go in and work with the church and ensure the business and then opens the door for conversations about their group health or retirement planning. And then the life insurance comes up. And then next thing you know, we're cross-selling their board, their staff wow. uh, with personal lines. Mm -hmm. And then referrals start coming in from their congregation. And so we just have, we're a very unique agency. As a, you know, there, there's not another like us in the country uh, because we're so differentiated, so niched, um, you know, that we aren't that cookie cutter home and auto insurance agency that you see on the corner of first and main. The word uh, holistic comes to mind. So I like that you've taken a really holistic approach to a risk review for a family in your Montana area, because you're not just going to stop at their home and auto. You have so much more that you can help them with and their family members so that um, they're thinking about the different parts and pieces of their insurance and how, how it all works together. Right. And, and our mission statement, our goal is really to end the financial crisis in families. Uh, we are seeing financial crisis uh, across this country. And so our goal is never to sell another policy. Our goal is to have a conversation with people and to love them through finances and provide solutions. Uh, approach them with empathy. You know, you're struggling in your budget. You know, how do you consider selling the boat? Uh, having those types of conversations with our clients to free up dollars to reallocate. I don't ever want to see their insurance premium be an added expense. So it, you know, oftentimes we're able to help them find uh, lower coverage, save them money, but we want to create a game plan with that savings so that they don't just go out and blow that money, that they either reallocate those dollars to an investment account, to getting out of debt, helping them create a budget. Uh, because we want to take a holistic approach to helping the family end the, the financial crisis they may be facing. The, the economy of their home um, is in limbo. And so we want to come in and just genuinely love them, provide solutions. And at the end of the day, it's a win-win. With better business, we retain it longer because of the relationship and they are doing better financially because of the, the products we offer, the solutions we provided. Wow. And for our listeners who might be driving right now, listening to this in the car, and you might not have your notes on you, Brandon, can you repeat that agency mission statement again for us? Our goal is to end the financial crisis in families. What does it do for your team culture, having a mission that's that zeroed in? 
every decision we make, every conversation we have, we're able to have checks and balances. Does this align with our mission? And if the answer is no, it, it's very easy to, to move on and not entertain it. So just this week, we had a conversation with our sales team about 2021 and projections and goals. Mm-hmm. And we got real honest with ourselves. We said, you know what? Let's, we need to break away from tracking sales, new business, commissions written. And we, we talk a lot. We say the right things. But our actions, our internal tracking and data say something different. We want to figure out a tangible way to celebrate with our customers when they win, when they pay off a debt. How do we know that they have a debt and when they paid it off? If we don't know that, we're not having the holistic conversation with them and really understanding the timeline they're working in. Because if we can help them save money on their car insurance, free up an extra $20 a month, and if they add that $20 a month to a debt, you know, the, the debt snowball method, we know exactly when that should be paid off. We can then in our notes have a system where we follow up with them and say, hey, are you still tra- are you still trending to have that debt paid off? Is, is American Express going to be paid off this month? And if they say yes, we celebrate that with them. But we're engaged in their life in the day-to-day rather than just selling them another policy, hoping that they might renew next year. And so our, our mission is about people. It's not about policies. We're people over policies, people over products. Um, Caitlin, I, I say this every time I speak. The difference between a contact and a contract is the letter R. It's relationships. And our business model is based on relationships. I believe when you have a relationship with someone, their heart follows. And when their heart follows, their wallet follows. And then the loyalty and retention increases and referrals. And they have such an amazing relationship with you because you genuinely care about them. You're, you're, uh, that guard is down. You're vulnerable. You're transparent. You have an authentic relationship. They go and tell people about you because it's such a positive experience. They want their family to do business with their friends, with their family. And so when we get away from, we got to sell, we got to sell, increase sales. Uh, our, when we focus on people, do the right thing and walk in integrity and love people, the results take care of themselves. And so our heartbeat is people and helping them end the financial crisis they may be facing. What's exciting to me about that is how it transforms the culture on a sales team. Because one of the biggest challenges in the insurance industry as a whole, so this may not apply to to every listener because I know the team culture in a lot of the agencies listening is really, really strong. But employee turnover in insurance is a lot higher than what we'd like it to be, right? There's a lot of people that get started in this amazing industry and um, they, they maybe try it out for a couple months, get burned out, it doesn't work out, and they move on to do something else. And to me, this is something that um, I spend a lot of time thinking about because insurance has changed my life so much that I want to create an environment where people can really begin in insurance, discover it for the first time, put down roots, and have the long-lasting insurance careers that you and I have benefited from, Brandon, and the amazing things it's done for our family. So when we can make a, a productive sales team be about more than just putting numbers on the board, it helps us do just that. And it helps us create a team where people want to be there. They're working together towards a common goal, which you guys have done such a good job of really zeroing in on a mission that your whole team can get behind and feel excited about coming to work every day because that $20 a month you just saved someone is it you it became meaningful and it became um 
more than just a sale on the board. And I, I think there's there's something there when we think about like, how do we create team cultures where people want to come to work every day? They want to pull together for long periods of time and create something great and have that kind of purpose. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I found that, you know, the day when we stopped uh, losing sleep about our own success and started losing sleep over our customer success was the day that the tra trajectory changed for our business. When we took our eyes off of ourselves and looked at the consumer, the people, humanity, and changed our approach, again, the benefits spoke for themselves. It, it changed the course of our business. And so I think it's so easy. I, I've been in this industry long enough, have enough relationships to see that it is scary at times. And, and over years, you know, compensation has been cut and the margins are getting tighter and tighter and profitability. And so there's a lot of inward focus. Like we got to grow. We have to outperform this to maintain. And, and that creates a lot of added stress. And I'm not saying at all, please, you know, Caitlin, don't hear me say we don't track our, our revenues, commissions, our, our producers, our sales team. They have lofty goals. They're working towards those. But we have to change. We change our focus. We, we, are, we have shifted our vision to the client rather than ourselves. And we found that we, we get ingrown and we're nearsighted when looking at ourselves and just looking at what our next move is rather than looking long-term at the future and what the client's needs may be and help them walk. And we, we preach customers for life, but do we really believe in that in our action or are we just want customers for life in terms of we're going to write a policy and hope it retains for a long time? We, we can bridge that gap by a true authentic relationship. When you live life with people and celebrate their wins and cry with them during their losses because you have a relationship, the retention takes care of itself. It's, it's not going anywhere because you value people. But you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. So as you guys are looking ahead to 2021, would you mind sharing with us a, a couple of things that are on the table for you guys, things that you're thinking about doing differently to um, make your agency stronger? Yeah, we, uh, the first one that comes to mind is we are creating, uh, we've created a new role. Uh, we've promoted uh, one of our CSRs to a renewal specialist. Okay. And so uh, they are going to review every account, every policy that downloads. We're working on a retention specialist. So we want to proactively reach out to every client 30 to 45 days before their policy renews. Uh, we're building in technology and automation to do that. Uh, but essentially with, uh, with our clients, we want them to get a notification that says, hey, thank you for your business. Thank you for your loyalty. Upon reviewing your account, we highly recommend you renew with Carrier X for another year. Click here to renew. Click here if you have questions. If they click here to renew, the policy is already going to renew, set to auto renew. It just gives us a notification that they're choosing to renew. If they have questions, um, creates an opportunity for a more in-depth conversation, really reviewing the account and what's necessary, what's needed, cross-sell, add ancillary policies, life insurance discussion, umbrella discussion, uh, figuring out, making sure they're properly protected. Um, another email that will go out will be potentially... Uh, Hey, after reviewing your account, your account and seeing company X has increased your renewal to X amount of dollars, we highly recommend we move you to carrier Z, which will save you X amount of dollars. Click here to 
click here to you know start with carrier Z, click here to stay with X, click here if you wow. have questions. And so what, talk about reducing friction in the renewal process. Right, so. right. And so, you know, with a couple clicks of the mouse mouse and comparative raters, we can look at those renewals when they download, figure out which ones we need to proactively reshop. Do that and taking that data and automating these emails that go out. So our goal is that we never get that phone call of, I just got my renewal, can you reshop? We want to remove the sticker shock of people opening up that envelope and seeing their renewal. And so we want to tell them first what the renewal is before the carrier tells them. But we also want to you know, have those conversations where we can review, cross-sell, increase retention. Um, so heavy, heavy focus on retention. I, I feel like I'm saying it over and over with you here, Caitlin, but uh, retention is huge for us. In the some of my recent studying, I found that only 30% of independent agencies have a game plan when it comes to retention. 70% of agencies fall prey to write new business, tracking revenues, commissions, write, 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 grow, grow, grow. But if you have a million dollar book of business and you increase your retention five points, six points, seven points, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in increased revenue. And so why are, it was like, this is an easy shift for us to make. Let's focus on retention and PIP. And that's what all the carriers talk about with us is PIP. That's the number they track. Why aren't we doing the same? And so we, we want to be extremely proactive. Um, we don't want our clients any shock at all. And we want to increase efficiencies with our service team to eliminate the number of phone calls coming in to be reshopped. And so hopefully we're increasing retention, increasing customer experience, increasing relationships, increasing efficiencies, decreasing service work. And if all go, goes as planned, uh, profitability increases. So again, it's a win-win for us, our team, and the client. So really passionate about that. Um, that's one of our big projects for 2021. What would you say to an agent who is afraid to be that in depth with their renewal processes because maybe they're afraid of waking the sleeping giant and they don't want to be the one to uh, bring a premium increase uh, forefront to the client's mind to someone who, you know, maybe would have otherwise. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of different perspectives to that. I think it's a very valid question. I take the approach of anytime a client calls you to make a policy change unless they're adding a new vehicle, you're lowering their premium. They're looking to lower their premium, which lowers your revenue. So our service team is always working for free or we're paying to work to do this work. Um, so if we can make our job, you know, focus on retention, the tasks that generate revenue and increase profitability, I'm willing to do that. Sure, this may create more work. But the work we're doing right now is lowering our revenues, lowering our compensation, trying to retain a client who is purely shopping based on price. You know, and if, if we sell on price, we're gonna lose them on price. If we, have, if we win on price, they're going, you know, in six months, 12 months to the next cheaper policy. So we want to develop relationships. So in a sense, yeah, we are. We're trying to wake up a sleeping giant because we feel like our relationships aren't to the level we want them to be. And we are going to take it head on. And what a great problem to have. What if we have our next hire is another retention specialist? What if we're not hiring producers and CSRs, but relationship builders in our office, they're going to go out 
I mean, if we increase retention by 1%, they did more for our business than a new producer did trying to grow his book by 1%. So in a sense, I would say, yes, listener, wake up that sleeping giant, focus on people and relationships and have those conversations, make sure they're properly protected. And when you help people, you know, when you have a relationship, you have the opportunity to speak into their life. So you can point out the flaws, the gaps, the hole in their coverage and educate. And they're going to be more receptive to hearing that from you because you have a relationship rather than assuming you're just trying to increase the rates to make more money and a commission for yourself. So your it starts with you. It starts with me. Our mindset has to shift from policies to people. Focus on people and the results take care of themselves. It just reinforces the value of your agency to the client. Every time your service team is on the phone with a client, you have their captured attention. There's nothing more valuable than that. It's that opportunity to strengthen that relationship, but it's also your opportunity to make sure that their policies are up to date. It's your chance today to make sure you didn't leave any stones unturned and that that family's protected if the worst were to come to pass, yeah. right? For that. And Caitlin, one of the, one of the questions we ask in our fact finding with new clients, you know, how'd you hear about us? We're trying to track that, get some data or referral source, but we hear more often than not, my prior agent never called me back. I can't get a hold of my agent. Like that's the number one. And so the bar is really low for customer service expectations. Like all you have to do is answer the phone and you have already have an advantage over the incumbent agent. And so having if, if you're, you know, if, if a listener is like, I don't want to wake up the sleeping giant. Well, we don't ever want to be the agency where our clients say they never heard from us. We didn't get back to them. So rather than focusing on, you know, oh, we got to build out this automation and Brandon's doing this renewal campaign. Like, that's great. But don't ever compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. I've been doing this 17 years and we're just now at that place. So maybe for you, you know, you listener, you're young agent, new startup. Maybe you just acquired a book. Just start with people, get back to people, be responsive, be accessible and start doing that to generate the business. And then once you have the business coming in, it'll free you up to enhance and expand the, the customer experience. So don't try to go all in on, we got to build this renewal system right now. Just start answering the phone, just be there, be present for your customers. And that will, that separates you from the majority of the agents in this industry. Right. It's the, the moment we don't want to have to picture and envision is the moment that our client is like online Googling, like cheap car insurance, Montana. Exactly. And, you know, our coming from an agency that's really high volume, new business, our sales producers are going to ask that client when they're shopping, Hey, when was the last time your agent reviewed your insurance policy with you? So if we were, uh, working the Montana landscape, they'd say, Oh, well, six months ago, right? Or two weeks ago. <laughs> and so that agent, that client is going to be a lot more bulletproof than an agency where those outbound proactive hands-on retention processes just aren't in place yet. So it really goes a really long way towards reinforcing the value that your agency brings to the table that sets you apart yeah. from the competition and, um, because it isn't just about price. And don't hold me to this. These stats can be skewed. This is top, top of my mind, my memory, if, if I'm correct. When you insure somebody and just have their car insurance, uh, according to statistics, you'll retain that client for 10 months when you have a monoline policy. They're going to look to shop that. When you have two policies, when you have home and auto, they'll stay with you for 2.3 years. When you have three policies, when you add that boat, that umbrella, you know, it's 
three and a half years. But when you get to that fourth policy, when you're home, auto, life, and umbrella, it goes up to 13 and a half years. And so wow. you're not going to get four policies from the guy just calling to see if you have the cheapest price in town. You're going to get the four policies by having a common interest invested in that person's life, living life with them, having a relationship. And again, when you have a relationship, you have their heart and then everything else follows and the retention is there. And now you have customers for life. And I think a lot of it has to do with the new business processes too, from the sales conversation to the point of sale binding process. So um, something that our, you know, agents and listeners might be familiar with is this, this sales training idea that you closing, you're closing all the time. The close isn't something magic that you say at the end that just magically gets the client to decide to buy from you. And I think retention is the same way, just like you're closing from the start of your sales conversation, your retention processes start with the sales conversations that your producers are having the very first time that they interact with this client. So if they are um, not following certain processes to make sure that the policy is updated, that it has coverages on it, that you're having a deep conversation, that you're, you're not just saying, do you want full coverage or liability only, but that you're going deeper, that has an impact on the retention one, two, three years down the road, because you have an opportunity on the sales side to retrain the client what to expect out of their interaction with their local insurance agent. And so a really great quality sales conversation, I think can set it up so that you don't have those, those new business things go wrong that can impact that, that early retention of the policy. So you mentioned a, a car policy, a monoline auto by itself might only stick on the books for 10 months. Well, it can be shorter than that if the client didn't activate their telematics device and they get a bill in the mail. So there's just so much I think that goes into from the very first time that your agency speaks on the phone with the client and just being really purposeful throughout that whole relationship and interaction. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, again, it's, um, I think closing the deal has become more and more challenging with remote work, less relationships. You know, how, how do you close the deal with somebody you don't have a relationship with that, that becomes a challenge. Uh, again, I know I threw out a bunch of statistics. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there is some unbelievable, it's a high number in the number of producers who never actually asked for the business. We, what we do is we put proposals really together high, and then we send off the proposal and then we let them decide, you know, they open up the email, look at the PDF and they, what do they do? They scroll down and look at the rate. They ignore all the coverage. They look at rate first and compare the rate to what they're currently paying. And if it's substantially more, end of conversation, they're done. If it's close, then they scroll up and make sure the coverages are in line. And so when we're not having that conversation with our clients, when we're not leading them to the closing you know, the close, uh, that's really, really challenging when you don't have a relationship with someone. So if we can do just a mini crash course here, if you don't mind sharing, like what would asking for the sale look like in your agency? Well, it's, it's always different. Uh, you know, I think the most important part of the sale is the close. That's why we're in business. If you don't get the business, then you're not going to be in business. And so, you, you know, you have to transition from the proposal to the close. And so there's all types of different tactics and training and development. There's um, 
you know, the puppy dog clothes where you saw like the, remember like pet stores would couldn't make a decision if you wanted the puppy. So they would say, Hey, take it home for the weekend. And well, they know that you're going to bond with it over the weekend. That's happened to my husband and I yes, before, that, but that we happens. ended up with so, the dogs. <laughs> uh, you know, we can't do that obviously in, in our, so what we like to do and the way we train our team of producers is I call it just the assumptive close. There's a, you can read a bunch of books on closing and sales techniques, but the assumptive close, but just asking the question of, Hey, when should we, when should we get started on issuing the policies or what would you like for an effective date? Um, you know, with your home policy, there's different tiers and different packages of the carrier. Uh, which package do you think you want to go with and just assume the sale and transition them to that point. Uh, if you assume that it's the right fit for them and you're confident in that, it makes it so much easier for the client to be confident in it. Whereas if we put the whole weight of the decision-making on their shoulders, it's really hard for them to decide on the next step forward. And that's when they're just naturally going to say, great, thank you so much. You've been awesome. Can you please email it to me? So right. in our closing course at Quantum, um, there's two closes um, in addition to that, that I just want to... Um, walk through for a second that we kind of um, throw like warning signs out about. So beware of the confusing close. <laughs> and this is where you forgot to plan your pitch and line your ducks up in a row. So this is the close where you get to the end of the conversation and your producer is like, okay, all right, well, it's looking good here. And for your cars, it's 2,200 bucks every 12 months, but, uh, oh, but you mentioned you like to pay monthly. So it'd be this much a month. Now keep in mind, if you did do the telematics and it would go down to this much, and then you've given them three prices and the natural response from the client is going to be, well, okay, well, that sounds good, but can you email it to me? Because you just gave them a bunch of numbers over their head, which in today's environment probably just happened over the phone. And you're not in the office where you can write it down for them on a sheet of paper or on a whiteboard. So beware of the confusing clothes. And then the one that, oh my gosh, that gets my antennas up every time is the no clothes. And that's the, um, okay, Brandon. So I have good news. So for your car and your renter's policy together, it's only $220 a month. Crickets. <laughs> and then you just don't close at all. And so, um, I think it, it really makes a big difference if you just create an experience for the client where it's really easy for them to know what to do next. And I think the assumptive close, uh, actually creates a really great client experience. If you've done a good job yeah, of the consultation, it does. I think really, I don't know that it's a closing tactic, but I think just listening, like, we as producers, the way we're wired and business people, like I love to talk. I'm, I'm a talker and I'm on stage. I talk for a living. I'm coaching. I'm teaching. I'm developing. I'm doing podcasts. Like I talk for a living. But sometimes we have to stop that if we want to do what's best for the client and listen. Because I, I promise you, if you listen closely, the prospect will tell you exactly what needs to happen in order to close the deal. You know, and it, it's way easier to get to that place again with a relationship. Uh, you, you learn so much through their, you know, verbal, nonverbal cues, tone of voice, or how they're sitting, how they present themselves. If you're, you know, maybe on a Zoom call or in person, but I, I don't think closing—it's not an all or nothing, and you don't have to have a defined technique that you have to use every time. It's the sort of thing we have to experiment with and test it. But listening to our clients—if you listen closely enough, they will tell you exactly what you need to do. And so again, I encourage the listeners—you know. 
use these different techniques, transform them, mold them, make them fit you and your personality. I think the worst closing is when you use a script. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> training out there that's like, here's a script, use a script, use a script. Well, as consumers, we know when we're being read a script. If you would like to buy this policy, I can get it started for you today. Like, you <laughs> that. Um, and so just keep track of, you know, I tell our team, keep track of the, you know, we focus on the clients we won, but let's keep a list of the clients we lost. Let's figure out why we lost them. What's, there's so much data that we can gain throughout the process that will be invaluable to you as you grow and develop as a producer. And if you're not wanting to grow and, and become better at your job, then you've already hit a glass ceiling. You know, why are we having this conversation? And I assume people listening to this podcast care about their job industry. They're looking for new tools, tricks, strategies, ideas. And so, you know, I think I came to this business without knowing how to close. I just did it trial and error. And then over time you figure out, wow, this really worked for me. This didn't work for me. And we adjust and tweak. So there's so many different ways. I'm saying there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, There's a dozen different ways, not more on how to close insurance, but it becomes easier when you have a relationship and, and listen, and it's just, it closes assumed by both parties, you and the client. Yeah, great. I mean, we could talk about closing and sales tactics all day. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. All day long, all day long. And I think another um, just place to be aware of scripts in the conversation is when you're going through the Raider, right? It's asking your producer like so many questions. Yeah. And um, that's a great time to put on the the headset, shadow the call, pull up the chair next to them if you can, and just listen to what the conversation sounds like. Because it's really easy to get into quiz mode where it's like, and what's the square footage of the home? And do you want comp and collision on that? And how much do you pay right now? And um, so one thing that just helps is just making sure you don't sound uh, scripted or that you're falling into that um, Q&A mode when you're going through the Raider and the RCT, RCT and trying to get everything put together. So it just makes a, a really big difference when we can talk to clients the same way we would if they were a friend or a family member. And just, um, I think that it really helps change what they expect out of insurance yeah. when we were able to 
pull that off for them. So you mentioned that you are a public speaker and I'm sure that COVID threw a wrench in some of those plans, but um, what, what are some of the things that you like to speak on when you get an opportunity to be on stage? I mean, honestly, my passion is really to just motivate and challenge people, challenge producers, people in the insurance industry, whether a vendor, carrier, or an agent to be the best version of themselves. Um, you know, and encourage them, not just challenge them and make them uh, feel like push or they're not good enough or haven't measured up, but encourage them to keep doing what they're doing, to keep, you know, keep their focus on what really matters. And, and so whether that's technology and automation, whether that's online lead generation, whether that's um, a new client onboarding experience, customer experience, um, community involvement, you know, I could speak on all of those topics, but it all comes back to the same thing, relationships and, and people. I love the quote my mother Teresa, you know, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If you want to change your agency, go love your agents, go love your team, go love your staff. If, if you want to make a difference in this world, sometimes you've got to, you know, toe the line. You got to, you know, the people we read about in the history books is because they did something drastic. They went against the flow. They, they sat in the seat on that bus. They got on a ship and crossed the ocean. They, there, there's so many different things. But if you want to make history, you've got to think outside the box. You've got to bend the rules. And I'm not saying, you know, be extreme. I'm saying live life to the fullest. Don't, don't settle for average. Don't just sit on the curb of life or sit on the curb and watch the parade of life pass you by as a bystander. Get out there, be involved and do that. And so, you know, every agency is different and it depends where I'm speaking. If it's a, you know, an association event where there's a lot of agents or if it's a workshop with an agency helping them with their different pain points, but everything comes back to that filter of people and the perspective. And when you do, you know, A and B, you will always get C. When you put people first and serve them, the result, I can keep saying it, results are speak, speak from themselves. So I'm, but I'm passionate about community involvement, um, just how, how to leverage your sponsorships of community involvement. You know, when you sponsor an event or a banquet, how to get a return on that investment. Um, you know, so many people just write that check and think, oh, it's done. They're going to put my name in their program as a sponsor. Well, no, let's leverage that. Find ways to expand on that. And I'm passionate about finding creative ways to leverage. Um, I, we sponsored a Little League baseball team. It was a $500 sponsorship. And by the end of that season, without ever asking to quote anybody's insurance, we generated just over $11,000 in first year revenue because of that sponsorship. And I look around, there's, there's dozens of sponsors sponsoring youth sports, but all they're doing is paying for their name in a program or their name on the back of you know kids' jerseys, and that's it. They think they're good and wonder why it was a bad sponsorship. We did that and the phone didn't ring. Well, if you get creative and find ways to leverage that and market that in your community, the return on investment can be huge. So I love sharing real life stories of how we've done that right here in our agency, in our community. Uh, I love talking about our social media campaign. Uh, we gave away a pizza on Facebook and got uh, nearly 400 new organic followers on our Facebook page in less than 24 hours and generated $6,000 in new commission, all because of our strategy in a Facebook pizza giveaway. And so just sharing that story and showing the, the, the how-to and presenting that and then giving you know, the audience the, the template to go home and do that same thing in their agency Monday morning, um, 
So I love to motivate them, challenge the way they think, challenge the way they're doing their Facebook giveaways, and then encourage them to keep doing it. But just little pivots that will give you exponential results. And advertising has to be living and breathing. There has to be a, a heartbeat to it if you're going to see that kind of ROI. Right. Uh, so tell us a little bit about producer development program um, because motivating and, and challenging is a big part of who you are and what you do. So tell us how that went into producer development yeah. program. So it really started with COVID. I had 15 different conferences and speaking engagements get canceled between March and September. Wow. And so a couple of them went to virtual events and those were still great events, but it's different. There's not the engagement of people and the atmosphere of relationships and, you know, shaking people's hands in the hallways. And you learn so much from people because of the relationships, not necessarily from the speaker on stage. So the events were very different and really believe in the message and what we're doing and want to get it out there and want to just give it away. I want agents to copy, paste, plagiarize, make it their own, what we've done. And so it's like, gosh, I have this itch to be out there speaking and really can't. And so I just realized that, in, again, in my 17 years in the industry, I have yet to see a producer sales training program that isn't overpriced. There's some out there that are $18,000, $25,000 to put a producer suit through. There's some that are just online training like modules that are just very awesome, sterile, dry, lethargic of just insurance terminology, no practical application. Um, and then no disrespect to the carriers, there's carriers with producer development program. Like you could Google it and you, you'll find uh, State Farm has a producer development program, Farmers, Farm Bureau, Safeco, they all have producer development programs. And so I just thought, gosh, what are, and the industry, uh, the carriers that have them, quite honestly, they are training you with a slant to sell more of their product. There's a benefit for the carrier in that. And so I just decided, gosh, I want to create a program that is real life, practical application that's fun, engaging, um, that, that talks about objections, overcoming objections, social media, marketing, prospecting, how to properly put together a proposal, how to close, how to onboard a new client. I mean, list goes on and on and what, what I've developed in this, in this course. Um, Asking the right questions, understanding the demographics of your clients, uh, earning capacity and the flexibility that this industry, the things that we really like, how that works to our advantage and how to take advantage of that. Relationship sales versus traditional selling models. Um, dive into empathy, really, and understanding the client or where they're at and uh, selling on value over price. And so none of that was out there. And so I took uh, about three months and did a ton of writing, uh, a ton of recording, and built out a producer program, an online course uh, that launched back in, gosh, we're December now. So that was back in, I think our official launch date was beginning of October, uh, just creating a platform for producers to learn from producers, remove all bias and just simple tangible practical ap application um, in there i talk about some of the different uh you know asking the right questions what are those questions and i'll save it here i won't spoil it but i have a question in there that i learned probably 15 years ago that if you ask this question during a fact-finding conversation 
you will increase your revenues by thousands of dollars a year, guaranteed. And it's just one simple question that an agent carrier or agent rep, carrier rep, excuse me, taught me. And just these sort of things, you're like, no, actually, no, I'll share. It doesn't matter because like, I want people to. <laughs> the question was, when uh, somebody calls you to add their SUV or their pickup to a policy, and after you get your make model in, ask them, does that truck have a tow hitch? And the answer is always yes. So then you follow up with, <laughs> oh, what do you tow? And eight out of 10 times, it's nothing. But those two times, Caitlin, it's boat, it's a trailer, it's an RV. You learn so much. It's my ATVs. Such a good tip. That, and it works it too. Works. <laughs> and then you create a package policy where you include those. You know, you don't give them the option. Hey, we'll just include those here and multi-policy discounts. We're going to bundle this all together for you. But guess what? When it comes to a referral, people who have boats, guess what their friends have? Boats. And now your referrals aren't just another monoline auto policy. You're getting somebody with a home, auto, boat, need for an umbrella. And now you're putting in the same amount of work, working the same amount of hours a week, putting in the same effort, but you've just tripled or quadrupled your revenue and retention because you asked that one simple question. And nobody asked so, that. Like I, I have not heard of one agency out there that has a protocol where they ask that question every single time. And it, it blows my mind. But so we don't just say, hey, here's the question in the personal of course. It's here's how to fit it in. Here, here's like the role playing. Here's a great way to frame it so that it's not an awkward question. You don't know who it is. So it makes sense. It's conversational. Yeah, tools, tools, tools. So since you unveiled one of your like super secret questions, your secret sauce, I'll, I'll share one of mine that piggybacks off of that. I'm ready. So, so they have like the big truck, the big, you know, SUV. And you say like, so do you have a a hitch on that? What do you tow behind it? They, you know, they have a boat, what have you then follow up with, Oh, perfect. So do you have $1 million liability or $2 million liability? Or do you have a $1 million umbrella or a $2 million umbrella? And the eight out of 10 times it's, I don't have an umbrella. It's like, uh, what are you talking about? Right. So, so yeah. So those two questions, guys, I think those two questions, 2021, if you get everybody in your agency to ask those to every client in 2021, I think we're talking millions of dollars. (laughs) And so (laughs) created a course around that framework with actual application. So whether you're a new producer with no experience and need some practical hands-on training that isn't, you know, textbook, sterile, CE type totally. course. Uh, that's why I created Producer DP, uh, uh, producerdp.com. If you are a uh, agent and I know I've got a buddy who has a small agency and he has to stop production to go train his new producer. Revenue right. stops to train. And so he was like, whoa, uh, he, he's already in the program. The feedback from him has been amazing. He just put his producer said, here, go through this, do this. Um, so we got the online course. We've got uh, monthly team calls where we talk about uh, this week's call is about uh, prospecting, how to, you know, I got feedback, like Brandon, that's great with what you do with Little League, but I feel like I don't have a circle in my community to go out and leverage those relationships. How do I start? Where do I start? And so talking about that, because I mean, we hear agency owners tell our producers, go prospect. They don't know what that means. They don't know how. And so creating, you know, the tools and resources to do that and learn and create a, a network, a platform and a private group where they can engage and 
talk with other producers and, and learn, you know, I believe iron sharpens iron. And so one producer, you get a new idea and a strategy. I, mean, I just heard from you a great one. And as soon as we're done recording, guess what? My team is getting a, get a about little. the million dollar question, <laughs> uh, the umbrella, it's going to happen. And so that's why I created, uh, yeah, the producer development program, producerdp.com. Uh, try to keep the price points as low as possible uh, because I just want to get, I just want to help this industry. I want to inspire people. I want to motivate them. Uh, our industry is shrinking, Caitlin. Uh, two years ago, there were 38,000 independent agencies in America. Uh, there's less than 36,000 today. And why is that? I mean, there's acquisitions going on and you know, big guys are buying out the smaller ones in rural America, but only 4% of millennials are working in the insurance space or licensed agents, 4%. So our industry hasn't been real attractive to people on the outside looking in. And I, I want to change it. I want to make it fun. Like I, I'm the guy, when I go to a conference, I'm on stage, I'm wearing a snapback hat backwards. I'm not in a shirt and tie because I want to be different. I want to make it fun. I want to make it engaging. I want the insurance industry to look sexy to the next generation. I don't want my kids growing up saying, I don't, I'm not going into insurance. It's, it's boring. It's stale. I want my kids now to be passionate about making a difference and impact in other people's lives. And so we're in this together. This isn't just the Brandon Smith show. It's the Smith family. I got to buy in for my wife and for my kids and know that the hours I'm away working or I'm on stage, this is us. We're in this together because we believe we want to end the financial crisis in families. And so if I can give another agent uh, in Texas tools and resources to go make a difference and impact other people's lives. Guess who's to thank for that? My family. That's not me. It's them saying, we believe in this mission. We're doing this together. And so we, uh, we are just passionate about getting tools and resources to people in this industry because I, I, I was just going to say, we can make insurance great again. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to make it a political thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, we need to get to a place where we are making insurance great, phenomenal. Uh, you know, you and I, we're not competitors. The independent agent down the street is not my competitor. Uh, there's more than enough business for all of us. As the water rises in this industry, all the boats rise. Uh, you know, there, there's there's the big captive direct riders. And you know, you know what? They're an 800 number. You're not going to have a relationship with them. Go out and build relationships. Invest in people and your business will grow and thrive. Love it. And you unknowingly just threw in a little plug there to a previous episode on Age of Independence. If you guys scroll back a couple episodes previously, um, look for the one that says um, how to compete against the big Goliaths. And it really just expands on what Brandon and I were talking about here today and the things your agency can bring to the table that those 1-800 numbers, um, not that they... Um, they, that they won't compete with and that they're not interested in competing with. So if they're out there vying for our clients' attention and, and cheapening the insurance experience, we have to fight back with that um, that extra value and that extra care. Um, Brandon, I feel like you just gave us a masterclass in how to keep the main thing the main thing. And this is what we're here to do. We're here to protect families. And at the end of the day, that's where the new business comes from. That's where the retention comes from. That's where the team culture comes from. And we just have to keep in front of our sites, like what really matters and what really makes a really big, big difference. So, um, so before we sign off here today, Brandon, the holidays are upon us. Tell us a little bit about the holidays with the Smith family and a, a family tradition that you guys have that you're going to see happen this, this year. Yeah, it's, um, Smith family. I, I'm the oldest of six kids. Um, my dad is the youngest of six kids in his family. 
Whoa. So um, I think last time we counted just within the area with cousins, aunts, uncles, uh, I think there's 83 of us. And one of the things we do every year, and we're still waiting to hear if it's going to happen this year because of COVID, uh, but we rent a coach bus and we all get in the bus and we go look at Christmas lights. We do a dinner. Um, we just like tour uh, together, our, our community. Uh, so that, that's, that's a big family oh, cool. tradition. Um, I don't know what, which side of the fence you sit on this. If you open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, um, I tend to be on the side of <laughs> both would be great. Um, with my family, uh, it's always been a Christmas Eve thing. And so, you know, you go to parents' house and spend the night there in pajamas and hang out and open presents with grandma and grandpa and then wake up the next morning and have a big breakfast. And then uh, everyone goes back home to their own houses and spends the afternoon and evening over with their family at Christmas. And so, um, again, COVID has given us an amazing opportunity to uh, value relationships and people, really take a step back from the busyness and chaos of life. And I, I think it's there's a silver lining to to this whole COVID thing. It is make us really appreciate what's most important in life, and that's family. So I, I'm super excited for for Christmas here. Uh, Thanksgiving was great and a blast, but Christmas there, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to remember that the reason why we do what we do, and for for the Smith family, that's to end the financial crisis and families to love people and. Um, yeah, just remember the season and, and why we're here and what this is all about. It's, it's way bigger than we are. And so, uh, you know, Caitlin, I thank you so much for this opportunity. It's uh, look forward to the next time. It's been just an honor visiting with you. And I just wish you and your two amazing kiddos and your husband a, a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I uh, really believe the best is yet to come. Thank you so much. And so how can our listeners... Um find you and reach out to you. I know you're on um, various social media platforms. Tell us how we can reach you. Yeah, uh, book. all over social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or you can find me uh, Brandon at producerdp.com is my email address, uh, website producerdp.com. Uh, Facebook is probably your best bet just by searching me out. Brandon Smith is pretty common. So Finding my handle on the other platforms may be a little bit difficult. So start with Facebook uh, or email our website. And I would be honored to, you know, send me a DM and private message. If you have questions, want to engage further, would love to just invest in you as a listener and your agency and uh, give you templates that we use. And again, I believe as the water rises, all the boats rise. And I am a champion fighter for the independent channel. And so... Um, I don't just want to have the right words. I want to be a man of integrity and practice what I preach. And so if I'm all about people and relationships, that, that doesn't just go for my clients and my family. That goes for the great people that make up the independent agency industry. Wow. This, thank you for inspiring all of us to just make the insurance world a better place. We, we're all making an impact that together makes a really big difference. So agents, this series is about you. The age of independence is here and your agency has the power to leverage one of the biggest waves of opportunity that we could ask for. And together we can make a really, really positive difference. So thank you listeners. This is Caitlin Agar and Brandon Smith signing off until next time. Merry Christmas. Thank you guys. Merry Christmas.